Andrej Kimáč. So there we are. The Cardiff Singer of the World 2019 is the Barito Andrei Kimach from the Ukraine. Uh, I'm David Ward. I'm joined here by Louise Garner to go through a very interesting final, some really, really extraordinary moments, some moments which let us down. But overall, I think it's been a buzzword of the week. Great variety, not only in the, the pieces chosen, but the way that they've been performed. A really exciting, interesting, engaging final. Yes, although... I maybe wasn't on the side of Andre to win, but we can come on to that maybe. We, we can come on to that. Um, and again, we've been saying it all week, but one of the great things about these competitions is that everyone has a different opinion. And I hope if there's one thing that we've done this week, uh, listener, it's it's been able to kind of instill a, a sense that, you know, we can understand why people make choices, but we can also have our own opinions uh, as well. And as wonderful as I think we both think Andre is. Yeah. Um, Certainly from our point of view, he wasn't our favourite. Um, and we would we would love to hear your thoughts. Who were your particular favourites of the past week and of the final? Um, so let's actually start off with the first competitor, who, funnily enough, was the eventual winner, <laughs> Andre Kimach from the Ukraine. Which I think is actually quite interesting because sometimes you get to the end of five singers and you kind of go, what was the first one like? And I know through doing auditions that... You really have to make an impact for that to happen. So it does show a lot. Well, I know through doing it through the pods this week as well. Sometimes you, you go back to talking about number one and we record them straight after the heats have taken place. And you're sort of thinking, who was who was that again? Um, I mean, no worries with 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 Andre. And we, we, we knew it from round uh, three when he went through. That was the round where David Pountney came out and said, I think we all know who has won this evening's heat. It was Andre um, and their favourite from round three is stayed, obviously the favourite round to the end. In the round three, you know, we commented on how beautiful the tone was, what a wonderful musician he was, but a very samey programme. We had a lot more variety this evening, and I think that was really nice. I think it was warranted, and I think he carried it off well. Yeah, I do. And I think, yeah, maybe, I don't know if he's been listening to what everyone's been saying or whether he got some information from the judges that he thought, right, well, I really need to sort of jazz this up a bit rather than just singing music from the same 30-year period as we commented last time. Yeah, perhaps. And I think he did carry off this this versatility really well. He started this evening with the Escamillo uh, from Bizet's Carmen. We, I was surprised by that. I was very surprised. We mentioned this the other day when one of the other competitors chose the piece that it seems like quite a safe choice in many ways. Again, he, he performed it beautifully. He's got such a wonderful baritone voice. Um, I actually didn't really enjoy this interpretation. For me, it was far too legato. It missed some of that kind of rawness. Urgency. Yeah, urgency, yeah. the rawness of, of the piece, of the character. Um, and that seemed to be a great shame. And again, it would have just shown us something slightly different about him. I don't think I don't think for me the character was really there with the Escamillo, however beautiful the sound might have been. Um we moved on to I think more familiar territory for Andre, the Rachmaninoff, the Aleko, uh, which actually is a really great opera if you're not familiar with it. Do check it out. This really showed off just how tremendously he moves effortlessly through the range. It's all um kind of on one string, his his voice, you know, there's no jumping jumping about. It absolutely just flows wonderfully through it yeah um, I'd, I'd agree but i'd also say 
that's maybe why I wasn't so engaged with him was because I knew he'd just do it all and it would be absolutely fine. And I don't think, you know, as we've been saying throughout this whole week, would he take any risks with it? Would he do anything really amazingly different with it? I wasn't, I wasn't really, yeah. I didn't know if he would and I didn't know if that really mattered. It just, I think that's a really, really interesting point. You know, we didn't know if he would and we didn't know if it, mattered and that's something again we'll come on to later in uh in a few minutes time we've got a, an, an interview coming up with adriana one of our favorite competitors from the week and um as you'll see in that the interview you know i'm not sure the, the competitors knew what the jury were looking for and they've, they've seemed to give in sort of contradictory things throughout the week and maybe that's been deliberate maybe they've gone let's have a real variety of people in this final some extremely steady competitors some really exciting ones um you know guadalupe the wild card you know they said they chose her because she could give you something amazing something unexpected andre was never on a knife edge which in one way is great you have complete confidence in him but the other way there was you know there was never really the moments that just kind of took your breath away that did something unexpected um so the aleko yes i agree very very competent, a very beautiful performance. It's a it's a top draw instrument, but again, we just weren't getting anything too exciting. Yeah. Um, I think his best performance of the whole competition came next in the Lucia, the Donizetti. It was powerful. It was forceful. It was what the Escamillo could have been, <laughs> um, which I think was really really strange. And in this, he showed a lot more the versatility. You know, obviously this isn't sort of comic Donizetti, so we're not expecting yeah. the versatility of some of those pieces. But there was much more in there um and if his voice wasn't fully warmed up by the first piece um it was by this bit. well i mean i think it was by the first piece but he he seemed to be even more comfortable come the final one so it's amazing how many people have chosen to sing lucia we've had so much Lu- lucia this week um donizetti back in fashion maybe. yeah so, well Lu- lucia especially we haven't heard much from the comic donizetti i would no. have loved to have heard majoring yeah. Um, go for some for for some of the the, the comic Donizetti, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but we've had the the dramatic instead. Um, so so yeah, Andre the the winner, the first person to kind of come on stage, and I I do wonder whether the judges or some of the judges at least made their mind up from from that that moment on. Um, that's something we might come to find out. Something we might not. We moved then on to the soprano Su Yun Lee from South Korea. You may remember she was the competitor that just did the one song in round one. Again, going back to Lucia, the Donizetti, she did the mad scene. Um, we thought technically a wonderful instrument there, you know, a beautiful sort of coloratura soprano, but didn't take enough risks. This was a more, um, obviously a more varied program. She did two pieces. We started with the Caronome, the Rigoletto, and I did say the other day that I thought I could see it as a a Gilda, and this is what she gave us this evening. And then we had the Sonambula, the Bellini. For me, the Caronome vocally was very, very strong, very precise. I like, loved it. I like, thought it was great. Yeah, it was It was really beautiful singing, very polished, very precise. Although I did wonder again, like we had the other day, was it almost kind of too polished? Um, not not too precise. I think you have to be for, the, for this song. If you go off the rails in this uh, or you're in... <laughs> you're in real yeah, trouble. Take off in the, re- the rails in the uh, very yeah. part. But I thought actually this was a brilliant program because you start with a Kadonome, mm. uh, a very particular character, a very particular emotion. Difficult to do anything original, but you go, look at everything my voice can do. Look at the precision I have. It's like the technical it's, exercise. It's control as well. She's yeah. just got an amazing amount of control. And I must say, I didn't find it 
you know, I found it wonderful, but I think difficult to really get the magic in it because it is such a specific character, apart from when we had that little, the unaccompanied phrase at the end mm. where I think we really did get magic there. Just the, the moments of silence, the pauses, it was so beautifully judged and the voice was so uh, full and, and precise. It was really, really lovely. Yeah. And, and again, why I think this was such a, a brilliant program was that we had all the precision in there and then she gave us something very different that we hadn't seen before in the Bellini. I think particularly in that opening slower section, mm. um, allowing the lyricism to shine, allowing to show us some more of the vulnerability, the variance, really nice tempo, really great acting. Um, and I think it balanced so lovely with the Ricoletto, still something that she could sing very well, mm. but that showed us something different. Definitely. And then after the beginning of that piece, it, it kind of livened up a bit again. And she just so effortlessly went from that slower section to the to the more exciting section. And I had, again, I've, it's different because the same with Andre. I've got no qualms that she'll just nail it. But I still found her performance more engaging. I think she, I think she does act it very well. And she has the dynamic variety I think more mm. than Andre does and I know that's maybe difficult as a baritone to maybe get that across but I think people do do that um and for me she just yeah I yeah she I, was my winner <laughs> yeah I thought there was there was just something a little bit more thrilling about her performance um and also as well something we said the other day which I felt in the Karanome was that her performances felt very very well rehearsed but not quite perhaps sort of inspired or natural but I, I thought we got that in the Bellini mm. um and I again it's uh, it's boring when we agree but I, I I do agree that I think you know Suyun was my winner of of the evening and of the competition it was a really beautiful performance do um go and have a listen go and have a listen I think if you're going to listen to two of them from the evening listen to the first two um and see and see what you you thought of them we then went on to the tenor Ming Ji Li from China. Um, I did wonder if he might be the favourite if there was going to be one going into to this. Um, he really seemed to astound people in round one. He was the winner of the song prize just a couple of days ago. But for me, the programme didn't quite work this evening. He definitely, because he was the first heat um, this week, and I feel like that performance for him really showed off what he can do and I mean bless him he must be tired like <laughs> I think emotionally and well yeah everything like winning a song prize getting through to the first getting through to the final in the first heat yeah and I think maybe that showed a little bit in what he did I mean he, he's got a very nice voice it's beautiful it does suit mainly I think the Mozart aria yeah. that he did yeah. Um, not to say that the other two weren't weren't good, but I just felt that was where he shined, and maybe the other two pieces he didn't. So maybe that was the thing that said to the judges, "Well, maybe not." Yeah, I think another kind of running theme of the week has been the difference between those people that go, "Look, I do X very very well. That's what you're having," and those that go, "Look, I'll try and give you X, Y, and Z, and some will work and some some won't." In the first round and this, I think he really, really shone when he had the beautiful lyrical tenor songs. We started with Tamino, Magic Flute. Um, you know, I've said it a thousand times. It's such a, a beautiful voice. I think it's the perfect Mozart tenor voice. 
Um, absolutely gorgeous. Just crafted it so well. You can see why I won the song prize. Yeah. Such a great relationship to tech. Such a great relationship with the audience. Um, but again, like the other day, he then moved on to the Rossini. And I had the same reservations as, as, as round one. I just don't think that, that quite the flexibility in the runs is quite there. It doesn't give me the, the accent on all in the individual notes that, that I personally prefer in um in this type of repertoire nor does he quite have the power and the punch in those big forte sections and i think that's what for me again was missing from his rossini in round one yeah i would agree and and it might be something that comes with time um you know he's still young it's still a young competition you have to be in an age range to get in um and it might come but yeah he doesn't blow you away in those bits he does blow you away when he's doing something very lyrical and you can get on board with and he brings you in and you engage with it but the other the Rossini and the the Queen of Sheba piece didn't quite get there in my opinion uh, well I think I disagree about the final piece so it was a, a bit of a rarity gold mark the the Queen of Sheba was his final piece I think we we're back in safer territory um, a slower lyrical yeah. song nice relationship with the text a really lovely top final C at the end there. Um and, and look, going on his career, you know, there's there's no reason why he couldn't make a great success of being a great Mozart tenor. Um the Berlioz in round one was was really lovely. Mm. So actually looking at that sort of lyrical rep, yes, kind of the classical Mozart, but also perhaps moving into some of that romantic stuff as well. But for me really it was the Rossini where I just I just didn't feel we had the punch that we needed and, and it was just it was disappointing. Yeah, um, and I think when and you I get... think you can kind of, and again, it's a middle piece. Was that the best choice? Because then I think, well, I certainly turned off a bit from it. Yeah, and especially and kind of when, wrote him off. yeah, when you go to the final as well, and you're thinking, you know, I've had my first person, they were great. The second person, oh, they were really good. Third person, ah, oh, that hasn't worked. Move on, almost kind of, mm, kind probably of. Probably very hard to be, well, hard to be third, hard to be any place, I suppose. I think, yeah, certainly hard to be third when the judges quite clearly love the first person <laughs> and you're always going to be in their minds competing against their impression. So we're going to see a lot of, of this singer, winner of the song prize, as we said. There's a really, really beautiful voice there. I think for us, there's a decision as to where he focuses in the, the repertoire. And look, you know, you, you may you may disagree, um, listeners, but for us, the Rossini's not where he he is at the moment. Before we move on to talking about the final two competitors from the final, I had the tremendous pleasure of talking to one of our favourite competitors from this week, the Guatemalan soprano, Adriana Gonzalez. Uh, we were absolutely delighted by her performance this week of the uh, the Bizet, the Carmen and the Rakes Progress by Stravinsky and by her manner as well. She was bolshy. <laughs> she, she was confident. She was fantastic. Um I had the great pleasure of talking to her earlier on today about her experience of Cardiff and what we can expect from her next. So, Adriana, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, David. It's really a huge pleasure. We we absolutely loved your performance uh, the other day. From the moment you stepped on stage uh, to the delivery of performances, <laughs> we just we thought it was absolutely fantastic. Um, you seemed very confident. Uh, I think your, your words before you went on stage were, cool, let's rock. Um, were, <laughs> were you actually that confident or was it just kind of a bit of a, a facade? No, I was really excited about this. You know, it's a, it's a huge thing. Like being Guatemalan, I really never thought that I would get to this point in my career. You know, it's really a, a little girl's dream um, come true. 
you know, just to be considered an opera singer, it's it's a really huge honor. And I actually recalled myself um, a lot of my youth moments, you know, when I was in school and starting college, I was in a rock band, actually, and I started singing <laughs> rock and jazz. So I was like, try to be true to that little girl, you know, that you were before and who you were and make justice to that. So I really said it honestly and was sort of a pat in the back to myself of you've gotten this far and that is really, really amazing. So, yeah, it was genuine. I mean, I try to be as far as I can be. And that's, that's, that's a fantastic approach to have because I imagine a lot of singers must be sort of quite petrified. But for you to be able to go, you know, what? actually, I'm really proud of what I've done. This is what I've always wanted to do. So now I'm just going to go out and, and do it. And I think that really came across in the performance. The, the repertoire, you did the Bizet, um, followed then by the, the Rakes Progress. Tell us a bit about why you made those choices. Why did you choose that rep? Well, the main reason it's because uh, these are roles that I want to sing. Like Michaela, I've already sung on stage um, in Geneva and I'm singing it in Zurich next season. Um, and And True Love is actually just a wonderful piece that I wish I could sing. Like normally they would cast it a fach maybe lighter or with a lighter voice mm. um, as far as my knowledge goes and, and some of the advice that I've gotten. But I thought that they were two contrasting pieces that could actually show my voice the best. Um, and I mean, Micaela is just the perfect role for a young lyric. And I approached my choice of repertoire considering okay, if people listen to me, I really want them to think, okay, she can do these roles tomorrow. So that was that was the main thing and that they're good for my voice at where I am right now. Because I, I had initially thought, oh, maybe I'll, I'll go with a bit heavier fach, you know, the typical young singer mistake that you go wanting to make an impression of yeah. where your voice will be. But actually... Um, rethinking all of this with my mentors we were just like no go and say what you can do now so yeah and, and what has this kind of competition been about for you you know you said it was kind of a, a bit of a, a bit of a dream but is this as you said kind of like a real shop window is this an opportunity for you to show opera houses directors conductors what it is that you can do well yeah i mean definitely cardiff gives you a lot of exposure and it opens new doors um especially like in the uk um, I've been working mainly in, in France and Switzerland and in Spain and I wasn't really so much into the UK business so far so I thought of it in in that way um, and as well as an opportunity to learn I think because every competition that I've done like I already did uh, the Veronica Dunn competition in Ireland and I did the Francisco Viñas in Spain and these competitions taught me a lot about how much preparation goes into the repertoire, both technically, physically, uh, interpretatively, and just for my, let's say, psychological maturity on how to approach music and how to interpret it. So I think Cardiff has definitely taught me a lot. And I always loved looking at other singers perform. So it was really educational in that, that sense as well to be able to see all of the main prize rounds and see how people's culture really comes out when they go out to perform. And, um, and you know, things that I can't do, 
that other singers can do and just try to see how I can approach these types of things um, to, to better myself. So that was really a huge opportunity in Cardiff. And I mean, everyone has been so nice. The organization is amazing. And the singers are all very open and very supportive to each other. And that's very special. And I, and I say that genuinely and full-heartedly. It was interesting at the end of your heat, you know, David Pountney came out and sort of said that they were looking for kind of singer of the year, not voice. He seemed to be trying to tell us something about what they were looking for. Um, throughout this process, have you been clear on what being kind of singer of the world is all about? Have you been clear on what it is the jury are uh, looking for? Oh, no, I have no idea, to be completely <laughs> honest. <laughs> no, I, 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 like, I would never assume to know what criteria they they have in mind for a Cardiff singer like for me if you're going to be the singer of the world it means that you know languages that you know different styles that you can touch people's hearts with your singing and with your um, physical expression and with your energy um, and that you can represent the world basically I think that um, that you can be versatile and at the same time be technically prepared musically and everything i i mean it's a huge uh it's a huge title let's say mm. to carry on your shoulders mm. um but I, I i really don't know what what the jury thinks and i i i know like federica von stade has like her career is exemplary and felicity lot as well um and the other three, I, I didn't know so much. Uh, Kura, I know that he sung a lot of really amazing repertoire, but I never really heard him a lot. You know, sopranos, we tend to stick to listening to other sopranos. <laughs> yes, other sopranos, yeah. Yeah. Who, who are your kind of uh, heroes? Who are those kind of singers that you kind of grew up listening to and always return to? Oh, definitely Tebaldi and Kalas. Um, I love these two singers because at the same time, they're, they sung same repertoire in many occasions, but they were very different voices um, and very different interpreters. Um, and, you know, it's just that golden age of singing where, you know, the sound was so rich and um, and then a way the singers had very much a strong standpoint on what they wanted to show expressively and the times of rehearsing were completely different back then to, to nowadays. I mean, moder modernization has sort of sped up the process for, for a lot of things in the opera world. So I think looking back to, to Tebaldi, Calas, you know, the, the classics, and even Tebaldi's teacher, Carmen Melis, they're, they're amazing inspirations, I must say, especially yeah. for the Italian repertoire, which my voice goes more to that direction. So I really listen a lot to them. So your, your Cardiff journey is coming to an end. What's next for you? Where are you off to now? Well, I'm going immediately back to Paris, where I'm based, to do a concert in Versailles. It, we're going to do um, the Messe Solennelle by Berlioz and the Requiem by Martini, with the Concert Spirituel and Hervé Niquet is conducting. And after that, I well, I'll go to Operalia as well. <laughs> in July in Prague and that's actually funny because I thought well you know this 
is sort of the last year I want to do competitions, so I'll probably yeah. apply to both. I didn't expect to get chosen <laughs> for both. <laughs> I know I'm sort of screwed, you know, I really have to figure out a lot. <laughs> so that's what's coming up. And then next season, I'm also doing some interesting uh, debuts with Contessa in France and Lauretta and another role in Sor Angelica in Japan and I'm retaking Michaela in Zurich and Janetta in Teatro Real for my debut. So yeah, that's that's it for next season basically. <laughs> that sounds like quite a lot for next season, a real globe trotting journey. Um, sounds fantastic. And the final question, the question I ask everyone we have on the podcast, if there's one role that you would like to do either soon or sometime in the future, what's the one role you'd really like to do? I would say the next coming years, I'd love to do Mimi. It's a really dream role to do. I know it's sort of a cliche answer for Sopranos, but I'm really curious to go through the emotional journey that is Mm. Mimi and um, just the music. I really love Puccini. It's my favorite composer. Adriana, thank you very much. We have uh, loved your performances this week. It's been an absolute pleasure to to watch you and thank you for joining us today. Um, All the very best for Operalia in uh, what about four weeks time and uh, we we very much hope that you'll be uh, on the English stage sometime soon Uh, do let us know and uh, we will be there oh do thank you so much for your support and for being so kind really everyone in the competition I think really appreciates kindness so thank you very much so thank you again very much uh, to Adriana for, for joining us. It was uh, Lorna and I on the pod the other day when she was competing. We loved her, and I think Louise, uh, she made a, an impression on you as well. Oh, definitely. I mean, the pink dress, the fact she said, <laughs> let's rock this. Oh, yeah. Um, she's very self-aware. She knows exactly what she wants, but at the same time, you know, she, she takes on board feedback, criticism, all of that stuff. So I think she's one to watch, really. Um, and I'm really pleased to see that she's going to be doing the um, Operalia um, competition yeah. in a month's time which I think we're we're going to do a podcast on aren't we David? We are going to do a little podcast not daily ones I think that's nearly destroyed us this week but we'll, <laughs> we will do a summary so if you can't catch that competition another one of the big world um, competitions that one so that's in Prague next month so we will do a special episode covering uh, the final of that. So moving on to the final two competitors from tonight's final we started off with the wild card and we had another wildcard performance from Guadalupe Barrientos, the mezzo from Argentina. She really takes you on a roller coaster in each song. You are taken <laughs> on a journey throughout the program. You're taken on a journey for good and for not so good. We started off with the Chilea. My word, this was a brilliant performance, maybe the best performance of the night. And after that, you thought, Hello. (laughs) Yeah, I think we both kind of, because she's the wild card and because we'd seen her previous heats and because, well, because, we just thought, well, it'll be interesting to see what she does. It'll be fun. It'll be engaging. It'll be fine. And I think we both kind of looked at each other after the end of the the piece and just went, okay, she's here. She's ready. She's upped her game tremendously since since the last heat. and yeah, it was an incredible performance, really engaging. The whole range was great. Her demeanor, just everything was beautiful. And then unfortunately, I feel like we kind of... 
Yeah, the, the, the first one, I mean, she just, she fully immerses herself in everything. And in this piece, she really wrapped us into it as well. I think us watching at home and the audience there in Cardiff, there was an extraordinary journey through the song. She just clings so strongly to these big character pieces. A great variation in the sound across the range. And I think unlike the other day, the performance was less histrionic and, and more absolutely heartfelt. There was a mm. moment at the very end of the song it just pushed over for me into the the more sort of histrionic kind of type of performance but but overall this was so good and I couldn't wait to see the next two and I just don't I just don't think they they worked as well we moved on she's maybe a classic case of she should show us what she's really good at yeah and stick with it yeah and I think and I think she tried to do too much variety here and it actually came back to bite her yeah actually if she'd given us three romantic you know sort of chilea or uh, verdi or mascani or something you know sort of that um type of verismo rep you know that would have been brilliant and you know the other day what was so brilliant was the the, the fricker a big strong character piece that fitted the voice and fitted her perfectly she moved on to the the samson we had more samson and delilah like we had the the other day I just don't think it works so well with this sort of just purely kind of lyrically beautiful song. I just think she she instinctively wants to kind of break free of something so kind of constricted. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So so kind of constricting. She needs a big character to kind of cling on to, and I just there just wasn't anything for her to 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 do here. It's just a bit of a nothing song, isn't it? Like oh, lovely spring, 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 yay. Yeah, and if you don't if you don't have that kind of beautiful lyrical voice or you don't have the temperament just to settle us all down uh, complete opposite to Mingji who is so wonderful at just sort of settling us down making us feel comfortable almost perhaps too much sometimes <laughs> but she can't do that and that's what we needed here after such a barnstorming first performance her French as well I think like round one a little languid yeah. um, it was all very Ooh, rather than he. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I don't speak French. I'm yeah. just going to put that out there. Um, um... Do make sure to follow us on social media so you can see uh, the uh, video recording of these podcasts oh, as no. well because <laughs> a, a beautiful demonstration of, uh, of French vowels there from Louise. Um, but yeah, it was languid and I thought, again, oh no. <laughs> oh, yeah, we had such a strong start. She finished with the most... Bizarre. I was going to say interesting, but I think bizarre is the right word. Probably choice of the whole competition, the C pictures, Elgar... I just don't understand what she wanted to do with this piece. Um, did she want to show she could sing in English? Well, maybe she did, but the English wasn't great. I've spoken on the pod before. One of my favourite recordings is Albinez Merlin, which has an English libretto, but uh, <laughs> an almost entirely Spanish cast. And you could get through the whole thing and not know that any of it was in English. Now, this, w- this was not as bad as oh, that. Oh, no. I'm, there I'm were not... bits you could definitely understand. But again a lot of it you didn't and yeah. what was what was the point of singing that when it's not again it's another oh see yeah it's another thema- thematic song rather than necessarily kind of strong character, character song which she seems to to revel in so i just it was just it was confusing and again such a strong start it was she was a wild card pick and i think unlike last time when katrina morrison was a really really uh, steady is not is not Fair, it's not quite the right word, but you know, you could absolutely kind of hang your hat on on her. This was let's see what she turns up with, and unfortunately, she didn't quite deliver it today. But there is there is so much there. Um, again, I'm sure we'll see her a lot in the future, and I I really look forward to to seeing her. But again, it it just didn't work this evening. 
We finished with the base Patrick Getty from the USA. Like his first round performance, um, really uh, performative, really engaging, really lovely, really warm to him. Very varied program as well. But I think this did potentially throw up some of his um, inexperience and the inexperience of the voice. But also as well, I think it was more difficult for him being put in this heat alongside some of the yeah. other singers I mean, that showed some things up. We've said it before and we'll say it again. It's really hard for basses. Mm. Um, they don't have the big, big showy pieces and your voice matures at a later age. So mm. you can't show off all that amazing stuff. I mean, he did... I mean, his low notes are absolutely brilliant. And I think in the second piece... I think I wrote down what a what a last note, um, but yeah, the the Siegfried for me just lacked. Yeah, he he started with the the the, the Siegfried, the the Wagner, the the Fafner. I I just think he needed something that he could he could sing out a bit more to start with. You know, this was very low in the range, and it seemed a little bit uncomfortable to be having to do so much low down. You know, lots of stylistic and characterful things to 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 commend in there. But he didn't. He wasn't into his flow at this point. Unlike last time, where he started with Rossini rather than the Wagner. To start with the Wagner, I think, was a mistake today, um, and it was a shame. He moved on to the Verdi, the Bocanegra, which I think was a lot better. But I think the youth of his voice really came out in this piece. It's very rare you hear sort of a thir- what thirty-one-year-old doing this sort of repertoire, you know. And it, the voice just didn't surround you as it does in those kind of great bases um but he seemed to continue to warm up well through it we then moved on to the mozart the sarai this was a really strong performance i think showed off that musical theater background you know he's, he's a really strong performer he really throws himself into it and that's brilliant you know um i think we need more bases who can bring a bit of performance to a piece i mean sometimes you get people coming on stage and you think all oh, right it's the bass he's probably not going to give much of a performance and i can just kind of switch off for two or three minutes and and he's not going to be that kind of bass and i think that's brilliant um but yeah um maybe that's not what they're looking for from this competition especially for the whole range of a bass yeah no absolutely i I think this you know really showed the difference between the the verdi where the, the the voice just wasn't quite big enough to inhabit that role and the mozart where actually having something more um flexible where he could throw in the the himself into the character really really worked really well for him and um, I, I wrote you know this is why we wanted him to go through and why he did go through because he, he just absolutely kind of shines in in front of the audience when given the chance uh, we finished with the copeland the old american song and um, again this was this was great fun it was a way for him to end in his absolute comfort zone um again it was slightly, slightly weird if i'm going to be totally honest no one's done anything like that this well Ju- julian i think in round one did a he did another copeland to fin to finish yeah. actually and yeah, okay, fine. But no one who has gone is to, going the to final, be in the final. Um, <laughs> that sounds awful. But, you know, and it was kind of like maybe they asked him to do something fun and exciting to end. I don't know. Or Well, I think that's I think that's a very good point that no one else in the final did something like this. And I don't, I don't think it shows his inexperience, but I think it shows that he's not to the point where he can give us a, a full kind of program for something like this that perhaps fulfills the brief of what they're looking for from a win of the competition. So he finished it with a great piece that was in his comfort zone. Again, could throw himself into it, could act act the hell out of it, um, but didn't show us anything different. This was just him 
doing again what we know he can do really well. And when he had to kind of push himself in the Verdi and the Wagner, we didn't quite get it today. It's all it's all there from him. I just it's just so difficult for a base. It's so it difficult is, to be able yeah. to do it in a competition like this. Um, I wrote down at the end, you know, that musical theatre background is there. You know, to see him as as a as a judge in Oklahoma or something like that. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, apps would be absolutely fantastic. It'd be fascinating to see where he he goes with his his career. Um, but there's there's so much to to like there. We'll just wait for the voice to to fill out a little bit more for some of those other roles. So that was our final. Again, as we said, all week, um, amazing variety. So great to have a soprano, a mezzo, a yeah. tenor, a baritone and a bass. And I don't think they meant it on purpose. But as much as we say that a competition like this isn't isn't really for kind of the the newbie in a way. There's, there's lots of technical language. There's lots of talk yeah. about rep. You know, in a way, this is such a good opportunity to see all the different voice types, the different rep that comes with it. Although you didn't get a counter tenor. No, no counter tenor. I don't know, actually, if there's ever been a counter tenor in um in the final of the competition that's something i'm sure we could we could look at i'm sure listeners you're you're shouting at your <laughs> device right now but um yeah but again great, great variety and some of those heats we had you know when the, the heat with guadalupe and there were three mezzos which in a way could have been boring but there was there were so different it's such a great opportunity to kind of you know learn and kind of see how these different voices they can have the same voice type but but so different um so it's been a really interesting week overall kind of what's your impression of this year's competition been i've really enjoyed it i the, the thing i've most enjoyed is that there have been two female conductors actually yeah um and in a way i quite like that there wasn't such a massive song and dance made of that because they could have gone oh look at us we're so with the times and we've got two female conductors and they're female and female 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 and they didn't and it was just like here's our conductors what i would say is that the bbc coverage was slightly odd well I mean, I suppose it's the way social media works, but this has been... Oh, it's been a big topic, I'll, I'll give you that. Perhaps more so than discussion of the competitors has been the the lack of BBC coverage. I think every every heat has been on um, BBC Two Wales, which I know that a lot of people can't access. It's also been on the BBC iPlayer, iPlayer which I know is, is not the um, easiest way of engaging for a lot of people. So it has been a bit disappointing. You know, I mean, I from my point of view... Having the option of the internet is is fantastic for the BBC because it means they can have so much more content on that appeals to different people. So this week we've been able to have football on and opera. And I know I'm one of the few people that likes <laughs> both of those things. But it's been great for audiences to have that variety, which we never could have had before. Um, but at the same time, there is so little um, opera. opera and classical music, you know, kind of bar the proms that's on the BBC you know, it, it might have been nice to have had it on, you know, kind of terrestrial television or at least kind of BBC Four this week. So that, I think that has been disappointing. There have been the, the sound did, issues. They did cave, to be honest, in terms of the fact they weren't planning to have any of it on BBC Four. And I think that the amount of criticism they got for that on social media, via letter, whatever, they did then say, actually, we will, we will, you know, cast it at. 10.05 on yeah. BBC4, yeah, which was a concession, but it wasn't ideal. Yeah, and, and again, if you're not, you know, following on, on Facebook and, and Twitter, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't no, have known no, about no. that. So, yeah, I think that's been less than ideal. I say there, there have been some kind of sound issues as well. There have been some interesting choices of, of commentator and, and presenter that we, we, won't, we won't go into, but um, I think that has been a little bit disappointing, but 
you know, I, I don't want to kind of be clutching at straws, but in a way, we have to be really pleased that the BBC still does in, <laughs> invest in some, yeah. in something like this. They could this. easily wash their hands of it. Yeah, and you know, lots of people have lots of things to say about the BBC, but I, um, I'm still a, you know, kind of huge fan of of, of what they do in, in kind of testing, you know, kind of financial and, and political time. So it's great to still kind of have it there. We've really enjoyed the competition. I, I do feel, I'm really sorry to say, a little bit deflated by yeah, the the winner. So. Is it all is is it all about the winner though? Because let's be like last year, last year, look two years ago, I kind of ish felt the same because I was so invested in Louise Alder. Yeah, it's all it's always the, we said this you know earlier this week when you have a favourite, you find it you know even if you've only seen them for twenty minutes, you still find it really hard to get away from oh, them being your favourite. We haven't mentioned Katie Bray. We haven't mentioned Katie Bray. Katie no. Bray. Um. So in terms of having a favourite, you know, look we. <laughs> Whether we're biased because we're English or not, we don't know. We we loved Katie's performance earlier this week, and she was the winner of the audience prize. So clearly, has gone down well across the land as well as uh, across the. the Good pod- choice, everyone. Good choice. The, yeah. So well done, public. Um, <laughs> but she she really did have a tremendous um, performance earlier this week. Such variety. And again, wouldn't you say to David Pountney, she's maybe not the voice of the world, but she might be the singer because she's got the performance element. Yeah, I mean, we, as Adriana said, we still don't quite understand what they were looking for. But if it was Andre, his comments do seem odd. An amazing voice. The inspiration perhaps not there. But look, we've picked over that. (laughs) We we agree he's a a, a great singer. And that's the fun of the competition. We all have our own um, individual favourites. So thank you for joining us all of this week for Cardiff Singer of the World. We will be back next week with our usual monthly pod covering all of the latest news from the opera world. We'll be back in the Chapel FM studio that we and you will be pleased to hear. I'll be joined by the soprano Lorna James and the director Matthew Aberhart making his pod debut. We'll also have an interview with the head of the National Opera Studio, Emily Gottlieb. Now, don't forget that if you're free on Monday, the 26th of August, you can join us for a live episode of OperaCast at our home at Chapel FM. It's free to attend and it'll be a special festivals-themed edition. You can come armed with your questions for the panel and we'll play along with our regular opera quiz with some prizes to be won. Prizes TBC, but I'll find uh, I'll find <laughs> something attractive. That's my job. I'm sure. Um, uh, that... A live podcast recording is part of this year's Leeds Opera Festival. Five days of opera uh, all across the city of Leeds. Shakespeare and opera is the theme, so some great operas to be had, much to do about nothing. Um, a new performance called Musical Confusion at Leeds Town Hall. Talks, discussions, events across the five days. Uh, so visit northernoperagroup.co.uk to find out more about the festival, which includes our live opera cast uh, event, our live opera cast recording. So the final thing for me to say is thank you very much to Louise for joining us today. That's fine. I had a lovely time. Thank you. (laughs) Good. And uh, thank you to Louise uh, for all of uh, her work this week, as well as being on Heat One. Uh, Louise is our lovely uh, podcast producer. So all of the the lovely things you've been seeing on social media have been all of uh, Louise's doing. Uh, So uh, congratulations. Like and subscribe. (laughs) Like and subscribe. Indeed. We'll be back for the main pod next week. If you want to stay in touch with us, uh, make sure to subscribe wherever you got this podcast. Do leave us some feedback, rate and review OperaCast. It helps us to find new listeners and you can send us some feedback. Info at operacast.co.uk. If you'd agreed with what we said, disagreed, we would love to hear from you. Thank you very much and we'll see you next week.